Rise, a program about global poverty hosted by KDUR and the Shanta Foundation, an international nonprofit dedicated to eliminating extreme poverty in rural communities, one child, one family, one village at a time. RISE is about bringing together thought leaders, disruptors, and implementers from the international development field to discuss sustainable solutions to extreme poverty. You can access this episode and more information about Shanta's work at shantafoundation.org, S-H-A-N-T-A foundation.org. Now let me introduce myself and my co-host. My name is Wade Griffith. I'm the executive director of the Shanta Foundation. And as always, I'm here with my partner, Mark Mostowski, who's on the board of Shanta Foundation and is also a higher ed consultant. Mark, glad you're here, man. Thanks. It's great to be back. Uh, I just love these uh, love these episodes, and I, I love that we're moving on to part two uh, today, continuing the conversation. Uh, if, if you didn't listen to the previous podcast, I invite you to go back and listen to that because today's will continue that conversation um, and joining us is our country manager, Nyanye, who's coming uh, to us from, from Myanmar. So uh, wel- welcome back. It's great to still have you with us. Hello, I'm back and thank you. I'm happy to be with you again and to share my experience. Yeah. Yes. I think it may be the first time ever, I'm going to have to do some research on this, that KDUR has had a live broadcast from Myanmar. Uh, so that's be surprised. that's pretty cool that folks are talking to you in Yangshui in Myanmar. And folks, hey, if you want to look on a map, you know, put your finger on Colorado and then put your finger on the opposite side of the earth, <laughs> and your finger probably landed on Myanmar, tucked between Bangladesh, China, and India. And if you look kind of in the eastern side, east southeast, maybe then you might find Yangshui where, where Nene is. I know some of you who are into geography or traveling, you might want to look up Myanmar. And let me just say this before we get into it, that our local implementing arm in Myanmar, Shanta's implementing organization is called Mudatar, which means empathetic joy. Like I feel joy when you feel joy. And so you're going to hear us say Mudatar, you're going to hear us say Shanta, but in essence, you know, we're the same organization working together. We uh, support and fund their work. They're a part of us. They're our implementing arm in Myanmar. So I don't want that to be confusing to anybody. Uh, And that might be a good time to stop and ask Nene to just tell us about Muditar, the organization that she leads in Myanmar, what is it? Who Who's a part of it? How big is it? What do the different people do? I, I think people would mm-hmm. be interested in that. So, as I have mentioned in the previous, you know, section, uh, Mudita started in Myanmar in 2009, and we started with two members. And in 2014, we became um, an organization registered in the state level called Southern Shan State Level with four members in a team. And then um, we extended more than one township in 2015. So we we had two townships in 2015 with nine staff. And then in 2017, at the end of 2018, we registered as a national NGO in Myanmar. So we had two states at the time, Shan State and also Magui Divisions, and with three townships. And currently, we have 18 members of staff now. We started with two, and now we have 18 members, and we started with five villages, and now currently we have 23 
partner villages, and then more more than twenty villages uh, we we call graduate. It's like uh, we ended the partnership successfully. More than twenty villages now, and Multitour is uh, partnering with the community for the sustainable community development with twenty four different projects wow. in that community. You know, it has been a long journey, and it uh, the Multitour and Shanter is also growing up, and we can say it's over a teenager, and uh, we are now uh, grown up. What are some of the jobs that people do, like the titles of the different people in the organization and some of the different roles that people have in Mudatar? Uh-huh. So we have township, right? So we have a township coordinator who has to lead their township team. And also we, ha- we call a pro- project officer uh, who has to lead their respected and related projects like uh, education and also women and health. And a project officer for infrastructure and income generation, and also uh, you know a project officer for the infrastructure. So that's kind of team. So every township has a team like that. So uh, at least four project officer plus one township coordinator in each township. That's how we are, uh, you know, uh, uh, implementing our development work. All right, so you've been doing this now for almost 15 years. You have grown up in parallel with Shanta. I mean, you were a young woman right out of medical school when you started. Now you're the country manager of a international NGO that's working on two continents, two different continents, uh, and based in a third continent. Uh, so you've grown up with Shanta from two people to now having a pretty significant staff there. Uh, You've done lots of different jobs in in it. As you said last week, you've learned a lot from our mistakes and our failures, but also from seeing the success and joy of villagers. What have you learned about poverty from this? You know, it's poverty is something that I think is confusing and complex, and some people think there's nothing we can do about it. Some people think there's can. Some people think it'll always be there. So just you know, let's just give up. I mean, what have you learned doing this work up close and personal for 14 years? What have you learned about poverty? And um, people know how to survive in the poverty, but they don't know how can they escape from the mm. poverty. How can they help? How can they try themselves to escape for, from the poverty? And that is how I learned from Shantra. How can we help to them to initiate and to, to, to try to get out of the poverty? You know, They think that they cannot eliminate the poverty. Of course, we cannot eliminate the poverty you know, right now, but the poverty is a process. It's mm-hmm. like uh, it's like a disease. I can say like that. You have to find out the root cause. Mm-hmm. There are underlying cause, you know, uh, of the poverty, and so we can we can cut it off some of the and we can treat some of the underlying cause. So this is how Shanta and Mudita help the people put out of poverty. So there are so many reasons uh, why they are poor. They, they have lack of knowledge, they have lack of access to education, help, to have job, 
livelihood and they are in poor infrastructure, inequality and social injustice, conflict and instability. Those are very common reasons for the poverty. So those are the root causes. So it depends on the geographically and depends on the country. You know, we can we can help them to eliminate or to escape their the reasons of the poverty by supporting them, creating creating opportunity, creating situation and environment uh, to 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 organize it to let them know they have they have capable to to get out of this. Uh, because you know the poverty is not only because of low or no income, it is also related to the basic human rights, right? Mm-hmm. So by helping and by supporting to them having the basic human rights, like having access of education, and helping them to have access of health, having uh, helping them to have transportation and safe environment, that is also also how can I say we are helping the surrounding sector of the poverty so the main key point is that island island from Chantel to really help the community to reduce poverty is not an not doing only one project you know it's not enough doing one project is not enough so please don't focus only for livelihood only for income you know so we had to we had to approach with the integrated and holistic approach to help in a lot of area, you know, uh, income and also infrastructure. The very important one is their mindset, their mindset, attitude, and knowledge. That's why one of our top priority program in Center is uh, leadership and capacity building. So. Leadership and capacity building plus other projects supporting it will bring up, it will rise up the community, you know, to develop the whole community, not only a few people. So that is how I learned from Chandra and how I understand about the poverty. Yeah, it's interesting that you've meant you just mentioned with how critical leadership and capacity building is is integral to the to this work um that's really i mean as somebody who worked in leadership education for nearly two decades that's it's just so wonderful and also fascinating for me to to hear you say that and that i can only imagine what it must be like to walk in you know to come to a village like that and say we're going to start talking about leadership and capacity building can can you give an example of of how maybe that kind of a discussion has been received uh, at at the villages? Is there maybe sometimes do you ever have people who kind of they're like, eh, you know, not not quite sure what you're trying to trying to tell us here? Uh, usually, you know, why we are talking about training and capacity building. People think that, oh, we, they came, they came and they trained to us and they gone. Because our, our, how can I say, human nature of learning is learning from the experience. Mm. We train them, we provide knowledge, but without creating an experience, experience to practice, 
it's gone, you know. So that's the center model is we provide, we combine with the training, learning, plus the experience, mm -hmm. providing, doing projects together, you know. So we have to attract them. So like, uh, if I answer your question or not, but, uh, you know, when we are talking about just only training and capacity building, they said they are not interested. But when we talk about that capacity building and training plus some projects followed by that training that they can practice, it is attractive to them. Mm. So so let me jump that in there and say, if if I'm hearing yeah. you correctly, it's not just, hey, here's here's what leadership is and here's you know, we're gonna teach you these skills. But then it's giving them an opportunity to put those skills to work and say, hey, okay, so what what uh, project do y'all want to do in the village? You know, what's your priority? Water, school, clinic, yeah, yeah. you know, and they choose that. And then you say, okay, now we're, we've given you these skills about how to lead a project, project management skills, community mobilization skills, leadership skills. Now yeah. you're going to do this project and we're, we're here to help, you know, we're here. If you have questions, we're here to support you. But those things you learned now, now you can do this project mm -hmm. and to let them really mm -hmm. take those skills and put them into practice in a, in a way that impacts their village in a positive way right. that has a lot of meaning for them. And mm -hmm. then that affects their learning how and how, how does that affect their learning how does that affect their attitude how does that yeah. affect the way they feel about themselves our model and our approach is on the community needs so let's say that when we before we started the partner we introduced who we are and then the village are interested to be partner with us with our guiding principle or our model you know they they have to they have to find it out their village needs and also they have to select their leaders who can lead to their village and then we train them and we are not choosing any projects uh, the community ha the community has to choose which projects in mm -hmm. their priority so we we started with their participation their excitement their willingness with their dreams so they they know and they realize that Center Mudita is here to help to to help in building their dreams, you know. And also we we really value in their participation and also their contribution. So they learn from our model is about ownership. They feel like, oh, this is our project. This is we own, you know. And this is our village. So we had to right. try. We had to participate. So that kind of ownership sense and partnership uh, uh, accountability uh, bring a lot of success in our project. Yeah. That is the main, the main thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to take a pause right now and just remind our listeners that you are tuned in to Rise, a program hosted by KDUR uh, and the Font Shanta Foundation. And again, we're continuing our conversation with uh, Nye Nye, who's our, our country uh, manager. And we'll, uh, thanks again for being with us. So Nye Nye, um I, when I encounter people in the world who want to talk about poverty with me, which is more than you would think, I mean, people are, you know, we live in a very connected world. People watch the news. They see what's going on in Africa, Asia, Ukraine. You know, they're probably more than ever people are dialed into 
uh, probably an overload of news sometimes. <laughs> but there's with that, in those conversations I have, I often feel a, a little undertone of skepticism or cynicism about can poverty be reduced? Can poverty be eliminated? And if I'm audacious enough to say a solution to poverty, you know, people sometimes will look at me like I'm, you know, really out of touch with reality. So I I don't know. I just want to hear from you lessons you've learned about eliminating poverty. You know, what are the, if, if we want to eliminate poverty on a community by community basis, what are some of the things that we need to know? going into that, that, that you've learned the hard way for 15, almost 15 years. You know, what, what are lessons about development work that you've learned? The very first lesson that I learned from for the development work is we have to think and we have to feel and we have to live like them. You know, we have to think from their side, you know, not from our donor, partner, helper site so we can see how they feel and what they are struggling for. So we will see the root cause and we have to listen to them. So we will see the root causes and the, the most important problem and needs for them. So we can find a way how can we help to them. I can say that we can eliminate poverty and we can reduce the poverty together with them, not only with our idea, not not by our site idea and assumptions and not by our own project design. You know, right. we have to respect their context, culture, and their local way of thinking and, you know, an idea. So we, how can I say, it's like a real partnership. We need the mm-hmm. real partnership to solve the problem and to find a way uh, to get out of poverty. And and finally, we can find out a way how to help them. That is the first lesson I learned from them. Could you talk about what you feel the importance is? I mean, obviously, you know, Wade and I are sitting here in Durango, uh, and you're part of Shanta Foundation. You're there in country um, with Muditar. And you have this amazing team of folks who are there in country. Could you just talk about the importance of that piece, the importance of that Moody Tar is made up of, you know, folks who are there from Myanmar. And so it's, you know, it's not just Wade and me jumping on a plane once a quarter or something, but the importance of that in-country uh, support. Mm-hmm. Because they speak, uh, there is no language barrier between, mm. you know, between our staff member and the community. So very easy to communicate. And, you know, it is also more close to, to open up and to speak out because that our staff is also a Pao community. So they know the culture and also they are from the villages too. Right. So, you know, in Myanmar or in the villages, they, when we introduce ourselves and greeting they say where are you from and you know when the our staff say oh i'm from that village they say oh i know that you are also oh how are you you know it is you you know for example for me i am not pao and i cannot speak pao 
So I can see that uh, they are really more willing to, to, to talk to my team than me because I cannot communicate with them very well. You Do you know? think that, so that, that leads awesome. them to have more trust? Do you think that affects the trust level? Yeah, the language barrier. And also they know that uh, our staff is also coming from a village like them. So they mm. know, they, they, they feel like they are the same. So, Nene, we've got about a minute and a half left here, and I wanted to mention one other quick question and just see if you had any thoughts on it. You know, so, so much poverty work that I've observed over the years either doesn't make, doesn't make a difference, a long-term difference, or in some cases makes the situation worse. What do you think we're doing wrong? When I say we, I mean the world or, you know, the people in the world that are trying to address poverty What's something that you think we might be doing wrong that's keeping our efforts globally from being successful? Um, the first thing I would like to say is um, it's a sustainable. I think most of the projects are not so sustainable, mm-hmm. and they they are not uh, they are not planning enough how they make sure that project is sustainable for the community. Sustainable means sometimes it can be short-term, but it cannot be short-term. So we need to prepare for the long-term, uh, long-term, uh, you know, effects uh, from the project. And also the very good things, and I think everybody heard about that, uh, knows about that, think globally and act locally. Mm. This is very important because many people have many ideas, but if you put a lot, if you throw in lots and lots of idea in a project, sometimes it can extend beyond the scope that you originally agree with the community, and it's easy to fail. Well, and the, the most important one, the most important one is uh, most of the projects focus on only one area, one right. focus, like in health, right. in infra. But uh, the the way that we are working in, in Shandra is uh, our holistic approach, integrated approach. It is very important because we are now digging very deep to help the community, not superficial and a lot of villages, you know. But most of the projects, they focus on the quantity, number, number of population, number of projects, number of villages. But how about quality? The qualitative approach is yeah. very important. Quality matters. And it, it's harder. You know, it's harder to do. It is. It's harder to go deep than it is to go wide. Right. And yeah. I feel like, man, what I wish we had an unlimited amount of time. Because <laughs> I know, right. I'm like in my mind taking notes on things that Nene said. As usual, yeah. Nene is my best teacher when it comes to this work. And, uh, you know, I hope she won't mind me saying this, but I just love her and admire her and she is a force of nature when it comes to fighting and addressing global poverty and just one of the most inspirational human beings i've ever met and thank you so much nene thank you for being with us today um we love you we love the work you're doing and if it's okay we'll have you back sometime to talk with us again Yes, please. And thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for providing me this kind of opportunity. You got it. Thanks for listening to Rise, a program (laughs) featured on KDUR and hosted by the Shanta Foundation. I'd like to thank Nyanye, also known as Kang Zaru, who is the country manager for Shanta's work in Myanmar. And I want to thank my co-host, Mark Mostowski, and you, our listeners, 
for creating lasting change in the world around extreme poverty. We'd also like to thank the team at KDUR Radio at Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado, for providing their support and technical expertise. If you like a copy of this program to share with a friend or you want to get involved in this work, that'd be awesome. Visit us at our website, shantafoundation.org, S-H-A-N-T-A, foundation.org. We hope you'll tune in next month as we continue the conversation around global extreme poverty. And please remember the words of Robert Ingersoll, who taught us, we rise by lifting others. See you next time.